Now Alingi let go on the outside, going with her solar antiquity, but not for long. Alingi's cruised up and taken the lead in the Robert Sangster Stakes, and Oliver has not moved on Alingi. She is a class above these. Glamour Puss is charging to second from solar antiquity, but Alingi a soft win in the Robert Sangster Stakes at Group 1 level. At the 250, Nolan's got a stranglehold on Black Caviar. She looks at the 30,000 strong crowd and says, geez, I'm good. No, I'm not good. I'm the best you've ever seen in the world. Black Caviar, she's better than a perfect 10. She comes on. She's 20 out of 20. Black Caviar, points. It's on the inside, Tycoon Tara going with it on the outside. Gregor's Miracles of Life late in front. Gregor's near the line. Miracles of Life dive got up. The point size man got up the score. What a cracking Instant celebrity with a turn of acceleration exploded to the lead and she'll take the tap classic brilliantly. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. With some terrific memories of prior winners of the Sangster Stakes, including the immortal Black Caviar, uh, thanks so much for buying our year-round carnival preview edition. Adelaide tomorrow, we're going to look at, well, we're going to just look at the last four races until the last race. They've put on a benchmark 64. We can't do that to you, punters. So we're going to include race five in the program, which is a terrific race called the Euclid. Vince Cardi from Daily Sexuals. Good morning, mate. Good morning, Ralphie. How are you on this magnificent morning? Well, I'm bouncing out of the stalls, uh, mainly because I didn't go to Waterville. So <laughs> that's, oh. always, that's always a bit, a bit of a saviour, having uh, having done that trip a few times. But uh, fresh, ready to go, and can't wait to do a deep dive into this. We really appreciate all our customers' loyal support. Thanks to Stakes Day, Vince. At this stage, the track's dead. We'll obviously update everything in the morning uh, for everyone who's uh, who's bought this product. Uh, how are you expecting the play the track to play? Uh, no rain, Ralph. Just out of curiosity, I haven't checked why are you. Some That's possible uh, Some, rain. Okay. Yep. Right. So let, let, let's work work on the old dead five, and we'll we'll go from there. Yeah. So we've turned the WTI to sharp as a slow track. Yep. Possibly S5, S6. That's based on just the early pre-course cursor. Of course, if there's no more rain, then we'll bring it back to a G4, should that happen. As far as how that track's going to play, Ralph, you, like everything, always the rail plays a big role. Generally speaking, when it's in the true position, it is difficult to, A, get out in the lanes, and that's sort of 10-plus at Morpherville. The bigger field's going to be a little bit easy to get there. They don't tend to peel that far off the fence when the rail's in the true position unless the rain starts coming down, Ralphie. So if the rain does start coming down, then they are going to get off that fence and those back markers and midfielders will come into the race. So that's probably the only key thing that you need to sort of observe through the course of the day. Other than that, you want to be sticking with uh, on-pace horses, probably no further back than about five. All right, so let's let's have a look at this Sangster Stakes. It's ter- terrific 
even sort of race, I'd say, by by a quick overview, and, and that includes uh, the betting markets, which as we speak on a Friday morning, we've got uh, September run, sort of at the uh, the high fours, Bella Nipotina, mid sixes, and uh, and a few others in uh, single figures or, or just above single figure odds, the likes of Argentia, but also a bit of quality like the away game. On your early edition race speed profiles at this stage, the only thing about a length and a half above benchmark will be good enough to win this. That's it, Ralphie. That's where we're at, and that's the reality. There are some horses, of course, on their day that have got the capacity to go well beyond that. The question is, who's going to get there? Are there going to be any of them that are going to be capable of reaching those heights that they've produced in the past? Had a pretty deep dive of this race, Ralphie, and the probability is low of uh, some of those horses getting to those type of performances at this point in time. Uh, leader in the race, all banter. How much, how much speed do you think is going to be on, in this race? All the indicators looked at a number of different angles. Low point, realistically, is plus one. High point, maybe plus four. I don't feel it's going to be much more than that. But, of course, it's a major race. The energy could be pumping, Ralphie, and there might be a few other surprise horses that might want to push themselves forward, and then all of a sudden we could end up going five or six above. But realistically, I'm pinning everything around that one to three lengths above IVR benchmark, and I've marked it an above benchmark race through that first 400 metres. So best position stalking? Always the best position, typically, Ralphie. I'm not going to say absolutely no to the leader because we've got to give some respect, and that means leader on pace. Yep. Ultimately, if you can be two to five lengths off that lead speed, you're in the golden zone. If you're more than seven or eight, you're in a lot of trouble. Well, let's start with the, with the uh, I was about to say the top weight. They're not top weight because they're all got exactly the same weight, but uh, no, no, number one here in uh, in September run. Well, this is the the interesting part with your with your race with your um, assessment of probably a better length and a half is good enough to win because this filly, this mare, when she was a filly, she she was well above three four range. Uh, last start, Mooney Valley, one point eight lengths above benchmark in a brutal pressure race, perfectly ridden by Craig Williams. But basically, what you're saying is, if she maintains it, she's in the finish. Absolutely, she's found a form that's probably realistic in terms of like. I feel it is unrealistic that this horse is ever going to get to that plus four range where it did at one stage get to, you know, in a comfortable manner, whereas now I feel this is where this horse's benchmark profile is. It's somewhere around that plus two range. And first up, 1.7 above, 10th best of the day. That was Flemington, narrowly beaten. I know it was along the inside, Ralphie, so might have got some advantages there. But then you couldn't deny that last run at Mooney Valley. Super speed through the first two sections, 3.3 lengths above benchmark, first 400 metres. Actually increased the pace between the 8 and the 400. Entitled to weaken at the end, but still got victory. Third best of the day, plus 1.8. I can't see this horse not repeating at least that. So for that reason, I just said, you're hard in the race. Interesting, Ralphie, when I was looking at the wet track profile in a little bit of detail yesterday, and, of course, working purely on that assumption that I didn't – anything that was sort of like where the raw figures were minus 10 or more, I eliminated them. And anything that was sort of under minus 4, I also eliminated. And I was really looking for that range between sort of 5 and 7 below benchmark. This is on the raw figures. Uh, maybe, you know, I might have had one horse up to 8. The reality was 
the best I could find was about a WTO was about a 5.6 and a horse like September run, I could frank it 4.8. And that's on that basis, that puts it as the sort of second strongest, equal second strongest wet tracker profile in the field based on what I've just said. And, and I don't believe this horse is a great wet tracker, but if this ground only has this uh, you know, S5, S6 type range, then this horse is going to be able to give its best. Well, let's, let's roll straight into the the, uh, the next one in the in the market, uh, not in the market, but on the uh, saddlecloth order in Bella Nepotina because well, we know no problem with wet because that was bottomless uh, last start at at, uh, at Randwick, and not only that, we can line her up beautifully with September Run going on uh, on the Nature Strip third uh, on uh, on final day of, of Cup Week in that Flemington Sprint because there was actually a nose between her and September Run that day. How are you assessing Bella Nepotina? Well, this was probably one horse that didn't matter how I viewed the structure of the race, everything sort of pointed that you are going to be entitled to run very well and strongly and therefore high probability of being able to repeat a mid-ones. Now, there is this possibility with this horse. Last campaign, there was a peaking performance at Mooney Valley, Ralphie, if you remember, back in October. Yep. 3.1, second best of the day. So there is this possibility, but... I'm very clear on this, though. It, that's only going to come if the track is in the good range. So, so uh, high pressure, firm track, Manicato, that was uh, Cox Plate yeah. Eve. Um, but what, one thing that we can compare, she was drawn low that night. So uh, Johnny Allen banged her on the speed, you know, stalking it. Pretty much here, she's drawn low. She might get exactly the same type of run. Yeah, and the, the more for feel straight, it's hard to get locked up. It's a long, straight, Ralphie. Yeah, yeah. They, they do spread. Even in this field, there's going to be a little bit of a spread. They're not all going to stay huddled together as, as close as they can to the fence unless we found some miraculous thing that it was like a highway one or two lanes. That's not going to happen. So the chance is going to come for this particular runner, and it does, from a wet track profile, it's very solid. Mind you, that one at Ram was only a 4.3, Ralphie, so it's not like in a booming run, but I did find a, a rock-solid 4.9 on ground conditions of what I have an expectation for. And there's one other thing that's not in the data, grand final trainers, my goodness. <laughs> I know what you said after Totsu won the AJC derby, but there it was yesterday. They won the grand annual, they've won an Oakley Plate, they won a Magic Millions, they're just on fire in their target races. Looks like a. Uh, they've definitely taken over from the Weir Camp, haven't they? Like they've just taken over from them as, you know, being a dominant stable. And my view, why aren't, they're probably challenging a trainer like Walla. Instant celebrities return, probably you'd say the perfect run, first up run to peak, second up. Ralphie, this is the horse that's got the booming flag on it, and this is the one that I feel, all things being equal, I almost thought this horse is unbeatable. That's that's how confident I am. And even when I look very carefully through this range of wet track, the only time I, my thoughts will be diminished if it starts to come down tomorrow and we start seeing on Saturday and we start seeing S7s and you know continuous downgraded tracks by the time we get to this race, then I'm off. But if we are where you're communicating this morning and what I also believe is most likely to happen, then this is the runner that I want to be with. Slight disadvantage in terms of positioning running. I do feel the horse can get, by the time it gets inside that 800 metre like at that very edge of the back end, about that six lengths below. But this is what I've identified with this horse. I, I believe this horse is airborne already. That first up run, 
5.6 lengths below benchmark first section, plus two between the eight and the four, 6.1 last 400. This is at Morphville 1100. So then what I did is the first thing that it came was that's a record last 400 for this horse historically. The second part that I went looking for is I said, okay, let's get some similar dynamics so I can frank that. And here's some beautiful information to work with, Ralphie. Last campaign, first up Caulfield 1200. Went out first section, 5.5. Between the 8 and the 4, went 1.5 below. Last 400 plus 5.3. Well, I can be very confident that first up run was stronger than that. I then went searching a bit deeper saying, okay, there's got to be another run where I can try. And what I'm trying to do here, Ralph, is I'm actually trying to find a negative on the 6. 6.1. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm trying to work out how can I dismantle that so I don't have this bullish confidence that I'm seeing. So I, I searched a bit deeper and say, okay, do we have another run where we have a similar scenario but a faster pace to see what the detraction is in early speed? And the bottom line was, Ralphie, I couldn't find it. Even when I went to a Morphville victory, which was this race last year. Yes. He's, this is franking now how it's going better. That first section was 4.8 below, three quarters of a length better than what it did first up. Between the eight and the four, it was actually 0.7 behind. So I gave half length advantage to that run. So in other words, I was knocking the 6.1 down to about 5.5. But then I look at the last 400, the close was 4.9 versus 6.1. I had to give the half length back. So I just said to myself, you are going to be in for massive preparation if you don't have bad luck injury and all those things. And, of course, if you don't get knocked around by massively wet tracks. So I'm sitting here super confident on a double-digit double digit price, and I know it's a late Easter present. Beautiful. Instant celebrity, very uh, very good case there you've made for, for her. Um, let, let's roll, roll down. Um, well, actually, let's save a bit of time because that's how bullish you are. Brooklyn Hustle gets back, big booming closer, but she's also good at taking money off punters. How are you assessing her? Well, this is what I loved about this race. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> I said to myself, okay, who are you going to be at the back with? Instant celebrity. Are you going to be able to outkick that over the last four to 600 metres? So that was my really my number one aim with this particular runner. Now, we know this particular horse had a 7.9 last 400 off a good speed going back at Eagle Farm over 1,300 in June of last year. But that day there, out to the wide lanes, deduction, two lengths, right? Yeah. But still, I mark that in line. It's also proven on other occasions. We can go all, we can roll all the way back to February of last year. Again, a slightly faster pace, 6.2 above IVR benchmark. So there is this possibility. I'll be interested to see what Jamie does. Could she decide to have this horse more forward than instant celebrity? It's possible, right? But if she allows it like her typical racing style, when she rides, it just allows the horse to be the horse for the first few hundred metres, then I feel that she's going to be a lot, this horse is going to be a lot more around that five to six range below benchmark first section. Therefore, I come back and say the best of her recent, of this particular horse's recent profile has to come from Caulfield. And that was in October 21. 5.9 last 400, but it was off a 10.8 early speed. 
I've got this feeling that Brooklyn Hustlers, those days of getting beyond sixes might be hard to do. And any error in the early speed is good night for that horse. So I'm saying, let's say perfect ride, which is what I'm expecting from Jamie Carr. I don't believe it's going to be able to out-sprint instant celebrity because one still on the way up. This horse is travelling a bit sideways. Three more that we'll get to. Away game, uh, again, Ma Eustace, drawn low, and she's a very, very consistent mare. We know she handles wet ground. She's probably going to get that perfect stalking run. How are you assessing her? This is one of these uh, horses, very, very difficult to work out what to do on the chessboard, Ralphie. <laughs> Comes from, as you were saying, possibly the the hottest stable going around in the country at the moment in terms of how they can just get perform- horses to just really step up and perform at optimum levels and reach new PBs. This horse has the capacity to go in plus 3.6. Did it two starts back, 1,100 metres. There it was, second best of the day, Caulfield. A lot to like, yeah, yeah, a lot to like about it. What it is, though, this is a horse with a one, a one-pace style, and what I mean by that is it's high, it's high-level pressure. It can sustain speed for eight hundred meters, and it's that type of a, a runner. So this race shape should suit this horse very well. So I, I ask myself the question: Really, all I can do is because I, I found this is a dangerous horse. Is just look at the profile at twelve hundred meters, and there were. A couple of distinct markings. One of them was a Flemington back in October last year. Uh, not October, it was September, sorry, Ralphie, where it produced a 2.4 lengths above IVR benchmark, second best of the day. It was hard to run that time that day. And that, when, when it's hard to run time, Ralphie, horses that have sustained speed, even though they don't have a booming acceleration, they're usually advantaged. And you can see the spread in the splits. Minus 1.4 first 400 metres. Minus 1.4 between the 8 and the 4. 2.9 finish last 400. So I said, okay, that refranks where you're at. And then the other run that I went looking at where I felt there was a little bit more oomph in the horse was I had to go back to February of 2020, which is a long time, Ralphie, but overall it was a plus two. And then I looked at the dynamics of that race. This horse is not going to be disadvantaged if if they run fast pressure in the mid and the first section. There it was there, plus 3.1 first section, plus four between the eight and the four. That's about as fast as it can sprint and then negative 0.3 last 400 metres. So I go, can you pre- reproduce that sort of performance? Well, this stable, how can you say no, right? <laughs> you just can't. So it was a tough horse for me to uh, omit. It's just a matter of saying, okay, do I feel others are better and where are you in your campaign and can this stable keep doing it? Sometimes, and in this case for me at this stage, I'm rolling the dice in the opposite direction saying, well, I might have to take you on today. Snap Dance has got real talent, but to me, looking at her profile, and we've cheered her home a couple of times, including on the Gold Coast, she's a better on the real firm track. So she's not going to get a firm track tomorrow, but how are you assessing her? Ralphie, perfect. That's exactly how I felt in the end. Initially, I was very worried about this horse knocking me off on Instant Celebrity, at least taking one of those slots. And I that deep dive like you just said now Ralphie and that was the negative on the horse the negative on the horse is I could only find a 2.5 in the range that I'm looking for and that is that's clearly below what's your advantage the advantage is going to be you're on speed but we just talked about our away game you've really got to have a away game in front of it 
yep. on all the things we've just talked about. So for that reason, I don't see Snapdancer being part of our final top four tomorrow. And, and let's round off with Argentia. Now, you did somersaults about this horse when it won first up at Caulfield, and that was off a, off a long break and against market sort of expectations, which told me they, they're still le- learning about this horse. 3.4 legs above benchmark this day. So that was, a, that was just a super performance. Another one I'll just put to you before you, you, you uh, break this down. Mark Zara, I had a look at this. I don't think he's ridden this light at 55 kilos for four or five years. He rode 55 and a half on, uh, on very elegant in the Turnbull. So that's, that's the type of dedication that takes him to get this low. Well, he's decided to ride this low on, on Argentia. So that's a bit of jockey confidence there as well. And it should be. So this is the runner that I felt is a, other than September run, is the one that really can play the, the game of being the winner. That first up run, doesn't matter how I looked at it, it was overall plus 3.4. I went to the, on rap, I went through the matrix, Ralphie, and that sort of shows all the profiles leading, what sort of happened after the event. And the scorecard coming out of that says that no matter what happens, even if this race is overscored by one, it's definitely a mid-twos runner off that one run. Yep. Then I sat back and said, okay, can you really repeat this 3.4? I said, if I don't, re- if you can't repeat the po- the two point, uh, the three point four, you're probably going to run twos. I've initially put it into the actual dashboard with a point two figure, Ralphie, or it might have been actually, I might end up with a point six figure in the end. Yeah, the point six. So what I've seen is this. It's interesting what this stable's done. They went first up, booming run. Horse was very fit, three point four above, best of the day. They stepped it up to the fourteen hundred meters. Probably flattened by the first up run, Ralphie, off a 161-day break 14 days later. Couldn't break benchmark. And then what astonished me is they drove all the way up to a mile and got a horrible race shape and almost won. 13.9 below benchmark, first section, electric sprint between the 8 and the 400, going two lengths above and a 15.9 mid-race squeeze. And then had the audacity to run the overall last 400, 3.9 above. So then what I went looking for is all I wanted to see was, is there a taper in the last 200 metres? Go to that point, there it is. It's gone from 2.5 above between the four and the two, last 200, plus 1.5. One length taper in the negative, pure conditioning from the massive exertion in the mid-race. They've had a jump out since then. It's 56 days. There's no question there'll be a good level of freshness back in this horse. Now, here's the difference, say, between this horse and a way game. Putting the wet track to one side, right? Yep. This has got better sustained speed. Without question, it's got better sustained speed. So if you're looking for a horse that has a similar profile, when we're looking at sustained speed, Argentia is a stronger profile. The second part is, I don't believe this horse has had the opportunity to demonstrate how big its 400-metre sprint can be. And I've got this feeling this horse has won. Only thing that I couldn't frank was, are you capable of handling wet ground under race conditions? Because in your jump outs, oh, you'd look like you're a swimmer. <laughs> but I can't frank it, right? And I, and I don't like to get caught into that trap. But the reality is... This is, for me, looming is the clear-cut second uh, runner that I'm, you know, very bullish about. 
subject to the ground conditions. Nice. All right. Well, in summary, instant celebrity, outstanding price, uh, around about $13 across the, the uh, boards that I'm looking at here. Um, Argentia, double figure odds as well, $11, but uh, rock hard in the race, September run and Bella Nipatina. So you can uh, s- narrow that down uh, in the next 24 hours, Vince, but uh, any other runner I should have mentioned that I haven't? I'll be p- pretty st- – well, Bella Vella, interesting runner. We're just all going to get back down to what tactics I use on that horse. So that horse is sitting pretty strong in that pack and has come out of, you know, the good profiled sort of races. If they try and hunt forward and be part of the lead pack, I'd say it's probably death for the horse. But if they somehow, you know, manage to sit three to four lengths off it, then it's a sneaking chance. But I still probably had to have it slightly behind Bella Nipotina. So I just couldn't find anything else. I thought another reward had done some really smart things and I wanted to have a good close look to say okay you're capable of taking a slot one of the top three and then I just went through it and I I was probably a little bit disappointed that I couldn't really stamp that wet track profile more strongly and whilst you're capable of running in the twos on on the right day I just had to have you behind and I couldn't see where's the leaper going to come you know could this if this race should turn to a plus three you know you're out of the game We'll pick it up with race five, the Euclays. We're throwing this in as a bonus given the last race where we said we'll do the quaddy. Uh, they put a benchmark 64. But don't they want people to take a quaddy? All right, I love taking a quaddy. Uh, race five, the Euclay stakes. Well, this is a terrific race here for three-year-olds. As far as the market's concerned, well, there's four horses that are deep in the market as far as $6 or under. Marine one's a favourite at sort of low to mid threes. General Bow, uh, low fours, and then you got Bacchanalia and Extremely Lucky, both at $6. How are you assessing this race? I, I felt this was a really good race as well, Ralphie. Small field, so you know there's not going to be this wildness of fanning. They're going to keep, keep pretty tight, and the compression's going to be in the field. It's highly unlikely. Some, well, if you're 10 lengths off them, you know where you're going to run, right? Out the back, right? But the reality is, and that could happen maybe to one of the runners, but I, I do feel this can be compressed. They're all going to be within six lengths of each other, and the opportunity is going to come to who's the best horse in the field or who is showing the possibility of new levels. So firstly, probably number seven, extremely, extremely lucky. lucky. Yep. That run last start at Morphville, <laughs> goodness me, right? That's all unlucky. I can say, yeah. <laughs> Definitely unlucky, but okay, race shape gave you some possibility of running time late, right? This is in terms of your closing capability, but there it is, 8.1 below first section. Between the eight and the four, it's gone plus a half, and then it produces this supersonic acceleration, right, of 8.2 last 400 because of the way it got bottled up. And then when I looked at those hidden splits, this is probably the the part. How much more distribution of energy would the horse have been given in terms of speed and acceleration if it didn't have that scenario of being, you know, held up and not being able to explode? And I mean, mind you, there was still an explosion in the last 200 metres of plus 5.2. So I felt that... This horse was probably impeded by a couple of lengths. Everything points to now it's a thousand and fifty meter form, Ralphie. Sometimes they just don't translate to twelve hundred. Everything sort of feels like a will. And how fast will they really go here? And that was what I was looking for. And I go to myself, okay, probably minus three to benchmark is where this race is going to sit speed wise. Who would even want to go faster? Because all you're going to do is reduce your chances of winning 
And therefore, this horse slots in perfectly for the first attempt at 1,200. And no one's got a sprint like this in this field. So that's where I wanted to start. So what's your disadvantages? Okay, if the rain comes tumbling down, we've got no idea if it can handle the wet track. That That's the negative. But when I see this type of race, sometimes I'm willing to chance my arm in terms of taking a little bit of a gamble. In other words, all the calculations aren't there because of the wet track profile. All you do is you downsize your bet, but you can still be active because that price is super generous. Nice. Okay. Switching to the, the next two key runners, Marine One can't fault that horse Yep. in terms of its capability. I mean, have a look what it's been doing. And again, Ralph, can you believe it? Look at the stable we're coming from. <laughs> uh, only a fool's going to say, ah, oh, this stable can't do it. No, it's not possible. This horse stable can do anything. So this is the one runner, no matter how you look at it, you can't fault it. Very, very capable. I do feel it's the talent in the field in terms of exposed form with subject to extreme lucky, you know, maybe showing us what its real potential is on the weekend. This has got an electric 400-metre sprint. Again, we only have to look at that Caulfield run, Ralphie. 3.1 lengths below benchmark. We just talked about how extreme lucky went, you know, with a booming plus eight last 400. Well, this horse did an 8.3 last 400 off a much faster pace. So that's where the respect's got to come for this particular so i don't see any issues at all with 1200 i know it had that one attempt at flemington but that was a reversal in speed 3.3 first section yeah. 2.1 between the eight and the 400 what are you going to do yeah it's cool more exactly it's going to explode in the negative you're not going to have that problem here jamie carr is going to be giggling because it's going to get the pick of the run it's going to and i feel it's going to get a golden run as well and it, its opportunity will come but it's got the same caveat Wet track, can you handle it? Upside, I don't know. I, I am confident this horse can run at least a half to probably plus one range. But who knows? Maybe we'll see something different. The other runner that you couldn't deny, Ralphie, is General Bow. Going to be going forward, controlling the speed. I cannot see any negatives at all with this horse other than, okay, you've been a little bit more in terms of your race starts compared to others, that could turn out to be a little bit of an advantage. Probably not if you're going to go slow, right? Because this this horse, if you go slow, it does, again, it's this problem about the booming sprint. It doesn't have it. It's a one-pace grinder. So the key will be at least try and ride this horse to a benchmark-type style. If you do that, then you're not going to be an easy horse to run down. You can handle wet conditions that I'm profiling against. And that's the other one I want to respect. I'm, I'm really giving no chance to anything else. So even though Bacchanale's got some wet track ability, it's just class-wise, it just can't say it being good enough. Only advantage has got to do Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a fair, that's fair, fair yep. jockey change. All right. Let, let's move on. But that's, that's, a, that's a strong case there for Extremely Lucky at $6, but also Marine One and General Bow right in the race, and we'll get its chance. The uh, the sixth race in the program, the first race, the Quaddy Queen is south over a mile. Vince, my overview when I looked at this race and saw that the two, the, the real favourites were Melbourne form of, uh, of Comica and Cyrileo Miss. Uh, I'm thinking, can you get this beaten? Because that was not a fast race at Caulfield at all. It could have been circumstantial, but now that you, you've had a chance to uh, break it apart, how are you looking at this? Okay, so you were talking about Comica first, Ralphie? Yeah, well, Comica beat uh, Cyrileo Miss, and they're the two favourites. So I thought, well, is there just some different form that can get this beaten? And by the look of, uh, of your early edition race speed profiles, you're saying, yes, there is. Yeah, well, I guess the first thing that I look at, 
obviously we can't fault the stable. They've got this horse flying. Yep. They don't go there without intention. Their intention usually is when they're travelling, they're looking to win. So we've got to respect that. Horse can handle, given the grounds, they've got that covered as well. The question is, this horse never broken benchmark. And all the data profiling is you're just all one-paced. Yeah. There's nothing in the data that if there has to be acceleration, where is it? I can't see it. Now, could it just somehow come? Maybe. But I'm very negative when I see that. And you're going to be up the front. So what are you going to be doing up the front? (sighs) Maybe Ethan Brown's going to hope that someone else leads or it's going to really look to control the speed up the front. That can't work in your favour because you don't have a booming sprint. You're just one pace. So at some given point in time, you've got to take off. And for this horse, if it doesn't take off at the 800, well, then it's going to run last. (laughs) So that's the negative. They'll be looking to go as slow as possible and he'll be hoping that, if he takes off the 800, he's, he's a, the horse is a sneaky chance because it's going to handle the wet track. But I feel that the pressure is going to come on and there's a number of other horses that potentially got much stronger closing capability. Well, Cyril Miss was odds on that day. And to me, it sort of looked like it, it wanted that, that sort of higher pressure type of mile and just didn't really find. Ollie stuck with it. The Wild Stable had an unbelievable week at Warnable, so they're, they're on point. Um at a mile in a higher pressure situation, can you make more of a case for her than Comica before we get to what you, who you have put on top? Well, of course, you, you made a good scenario there about high pressure. Well, you can see this also with that Sandown run, Ralphie, back in September 21. First yeah. section, plus 6.1. So you know what happens. This horse can handle pressure. So if, if my expectations and what I'm anticipating is that we're going to see this race really come on after they've probably gone four or 500 metres, then this is going to be beautiful for this particular horse because it's going to thrive on that. And it does also have a similar pace style, but if you're conserving energy, then you're going to be super bullish in the mid-race and you'll be the first horse to go past Comica. That's my view. (laughs) And there it is. You know, it's rock solid, 1.7, second best of the day, 1,400. We can say, okay, this is a mile race. Got it, right? But then we have a look at that Caulfield race over a mile when it won. I don't believe it got the right race shape that day. 5.8 below benchmark first section, but you can see this horse's sprinting capability. Have a look at the move in the mid-race. So it's got more than just sort of that one-pace style horse. It's got acceleration, and the acceleration was excellent. It was there to see. It was an 8.1 length acceleration, entitled to to, you know, to weaken late, and it did weaken very, very late over the last 200 metres, lost about 1.2 lengths. And there's a few things that you can look at why that might have happened. But the reality was it was still only third up. It did come off a really high-pressure race. So there might have even been a little bit of fatigue still in the horse, but because it got the rest through the first section, it allowed it to explode. This time round, horse just continues to trend in one direction. It's showing that it's ready to run in the ones. Have to give it some respect. So as a starting point, you've, you've certainly more bullish on a match-up perspective, Cyril AMS over Comica. Yes, that, right. from, absolutely. From, and that's why I've made sure that Cyrileo misses hard in that top four bracket. Bell Placer, hard horse to sort of assess when it, on a raw situation because it comes from New Zealand. You've clocked them everywhere and it's got a so, soft track wins there. One prep for Tony McAvoy in the spring, three runs uh, just about, but then it's returned with a solid win at Oakbank. Why have you put it in your, in your early edition most advantage? Well, I guess like for all form students, and that doesn't preclude me, by the way, I'm part of that scenario, is it's never easy 
when assessing Oakbank because they don't race there very often, Ralphie. So you look at the, in this case, it was a 0.9 above IVR benchmark, fifth best of the day. You have limited data to work with. Even if you've been clocking Oakbank for, say, 10 years, you're not going to have a lot of records, right? <laughs> Most of the times it's always, you know, very wet tracks and... It's hard. It's hard. It's it's not easy. But what I could do <laughs> is when I've peeled it back and overlaid it against the New Zealand profile, it's got a rock solid half above IVR benchmark on wet ground. And there was two performances there, whereas one was point three and the other one was point point six. And I'm counting to myself, one was a fifteen fifty Apanui, the other one was a sixteen hundred in the listed race, and I go, You ain't gonna have a problem running somewhere near that number. And then I look back and say, Okay, what does that mean? Well, there it is. You need 0.4. Impossible to leave this horse out. And now if I can now peel it back and use what I like to do as like a, a template or a blueprint, I, I feel this stable have got you running as good as ever. Just a little thing with McAvoy, just a little thing that I probably not saying I don't love is he can wind them up first up. Mm. He's just brilliant of having him to be so ready to explode and puts a lot of work into getting them ready. And I just hope that there's still something more to come because it's a five-year-old man, Ralphie, and we've seen in the past you can keep improving. Either way, I said, okay, take that aside. Let's say you don't do that and it's not a repeat. I, I, the floor the floor for you is at least 0.4, So for that reason, it had to be hard top two. Well, you got the stablemate also right in the race with Silent Sovereign. It came from that Oak Bank race. I'm looking at here, Blinker's first time, third up. That suggests target race. Third up, last prep, wins the Ballarat Cup. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry, it didn't win the Ballarat Cup, won Ballarat Cup day, but it was actually a faster time that day than the Ballarat Cup. Well, this is a horse that profiles very, very nicely, Ralph. He can handle wet ground. That's the first thing. And then... We don't have to go too far to have a look. Just have a look at last campaign, second up Flemington Mile. When they run a performance there, there it was, 0.7. You can be very confident that that horse's profile sits rock solid there. And knowing that you can handle the wet, why aren't you going to turn up and run half, half above benchmark? You just are. So for that reason, I just said with Johnny Allen on board, I go, well, you're a serious threat. And then I went a little bit deeper and then I found that run at Morpherville over 1,800 metres. It was a little bit softer in terms of tempo, but it just franked the confirmation about how strong you can be second up. That was from 1,600 first up Morpherville listed race, Ralphie, straight into an 1,800 metre race and again, break benchmark. And I said, well, this stable have done a slightly different management strategy with this horse. In some cases, Ralphie, it could be better than the horse I have on top, right? Because they've just probably haven't really smashed the work into the horse and they've probably targeted this race right from the outset and said, let's get it to peak on that day. So that's the expectation. Peaking on the day, hard in the top four. Not, it, it, It's a big chance of getting one of those top three slots. Uh, a couple others will round off with Foxy Frieda, very consistent horse. She got the bob in at uh, Bendigo, for a, and she was going to be unlucky if she missed, but she dead heated with uh, with, with uh, Cirilleo Miss. How are you assessing her? Hard horse to knock, Ralph. You, again, when you look at that Flemington victory back in November last year, you're going 20 lengths below benchmark, Ralphie. It's such a tough thing to do. And the squeeze was phenomenal, which shows you you've got massive acceleration in your armour. And you could see it was on hand that day. That mid-race squeeze was 24 lengths, Ralphie. That's big. 
Yeah. 4.3 above the benchmark is even more significant. But then look what it did at Ballarat up to 2,000. Okay, walk a speed through the first section. You still got to have capability to be able to finish off last 400 with a plus 8.7. So what you do know with this horse is it's got a dynamic 400-metre sprint and it can sustain it for 800 metres. So these horses are always dangerous, right? And... You are going to get through this ground condition. Another runner that I didn't want to dismiss. Anything for the uh, the import, La Dragon too? Okay. I had a really good look at this particular horse, <laughs> Ralphie. Uh, and, you know, obviously you do get nervous about these type of horses. The only assessment I could come with, and what I did is on your 16 – well, it had one run at 1,700 metres because I'm looking at this 1,600-metre profile – that's not going to be enough to win this race because it was around one one point eight below benchmark, so that's not good. At eighteen hundred, we started. I started to see that possibility of a benchmark being in place. So, and this was when it was racing in the USA. It does have the capacity to run above benchmark. So, talent wise, it's up to this field. This stable, that jump out at Sandown was hot. You know, like in terms of where you want to be, this this is the type of jump out you'll want to see. Very, very solid. They've put car on board, so the intention's also <laughs> there as well. I'm just sitting back here saying they're probably chancing their arm, feeling like, okay, it's going to be fresh enough for the 1,600. I would have preferred probably closer to 2,000 metres, but you can't dismiss it. Well, it sounds like the McAvoy runners are, are your value plays here. It was Bell Placier and Silent Sovereign and the very consistent Foxy Frieder and Cyrilea Miss are dead-headed at Bendigo. There's no reason they shouldn't run well again. No, the other horse that you, I probably didn't want to leave out, and how can we leave out this great stable, the O'Brien boys? You know what they're like, Ralphie. Yep. That first up run, there it is, Cyrilea yep. Miss. Uh, not Cyril, Star L, sorry. Yep. Okay, it was 3.8 lengths below benchmark, ranked 44 on the day. You can see the big taper over the last 200 metres. The horse lost 2.7 lengths of conditioning. I go, beautiful. This was a definite tune-up run, and that's what I wanted to see from that stable. Last campaign, what did it peak at, Ralphie? 1.3, Caulfield, 1,800. So the question is, are you able to do this second up? Oh, well, this is what I love. <sighs> Again, just a quick one, Ralphie, on the form student side of things how you use historical data because sometimes people are trained up and taught just look at the last few starts or don't go back more than 10 starts or 12 starts and all these things and there is merit to all that but when we're trying to look at what horses can do first up to second up the more background you can get the better because it gives us insight to how well the horse is traveling well there it was ralphie february 21 first up flemington 1400 4.2 lengths below benchmark First up, Caulfield, this campaign, 3.8, going half length better. What did it do second up? Went to Flemington over a mile in a group race, produced the best of the day, plus 2.3. Significantly, and, that was from a slow pressure to a high pressure. So yep. what you're saying here is that this this is going to be a pressure differential because at Caulfield, as we've outlined with Comica, she got a picnic in front. Absolutely. And this isn't going to be as brutal as that day, right? No. So we can have some confidence that the stable have this more than ready. Love the fact that Williams is back on board. I mean, he does ride it most of the times, but I love that fact, and this is the time to have another crack at a mile. Nice. Race seven on the program, the McKay Stakes. I can feel nice and old here, Vince. I strapped the winner of this race 80, 35 years ago. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Behemoth. He's a beauty. He's actually, and and here's, here's the analogy. <laughs> the horse was called Testimony. He was a 600 kilo beast. So is this bloke, Behemoth, and he's a beauty when he's on song. Oh, yes. Well, here's the challenge with this race, Ralphie. We can do a deep dive and we can, you know, there's, there's a lot of possibilities. I do feel the entire race rests on one probability and one only. And this is my mindset from a business point of view. You're either going in this race and you're launching into Behemoth, even though it doesn't have all the favours because it's just absolutely well and truly a class above this field. Like, And it's not like a length or so. It, it's, it, it could have three, four, five lengths on this field, right? Yep. And when I see this and I look at the 1100 and say, it's not your golden distance, even though if you look at stats, it says it's very solid. The reality is this is when sometimes when you read or if you've read any papers over the history of racing about how class can defy certain situations, this is how you can implement that type of strategy. Negative for the distance, but has a superiority over the class. Now, I've only put this horse in with a 2.1 figure. Could have easily been a 4 plus without a shadow of doubt. But the reality is I chose not to. I said I'm going to be very conservative here. I looked at that last run at Morphville over 1,100. This was last campaign first up. It was a benchmark overall performance. Ranked 7th best of the day. Hard to run time, Ralphie. First section, 4.4 lengths below benchmark. Good move in the mid-race of around four lengths. Acceleration was outstanding, last 400 metres, giving you that you know this horse has got a big sprint on it. Then I just peeled back to that full break, the campaign before, Morphaville, 105 days. Look at that, Ralphie. 2.1 above, six best of the day, off a slower race shape. So I looked at this and said, if you're, if you're running three, four, five, six lengths below benchmark and you can just be where you normally are and you just get even movement between the eight and the 400 metres over the last 400. You're going to be too strong for this field and probably only block checking running and those type of things are going to prevent it from happening. So it's one of these scenarios, Ralphie, do you roll the dice and bet in the race and you take on Behemoth and you back Behemoth with some money or are you going to try and risk it? For me, under no circumstance will I risk money backing against these sources. I'm either on it or I'm staying out. <laughs> it's, it's nice and simple. Bo Rosser should get the run, run of the race, you'd assume. Uh, anything else outside of uh, what, what you've put down or what we'll, we'll deep dive into uh, as far as your, your write-up's concerned tomorrow when we, yeah. do, when we do this further in 24 Absolutely, hours? Absolutely, Ralphie. It's the 12. One of the big, big price. Miss Albania. So yeah. this is this is a talent versus uh, is, she, is she going to bring her talent equation? Yeah. Yep. And then you sit back and you have a look at the profile. I go, okay. This campaign, you, on the surface, looks a little bit disappointing, doesn't it? You know, you just sit there and say, oh, first up beating 2.4, fair Changes run. Yep. Yep. Then last run, yeah, of course. And you look at it and say, beating 4.9. I always say, with the trainers that aren't as big as the big boys, these horses run themselves into fitness. <laughs> yes. And that's how I look at it. And I yes. say... It's a simple it's a simple equation. If you're not showing me you're running into fitness, well then you're finished because you've got challenges with the stable and then you've got challenges that you don't want to be a racehorse, right? Yep. I look at the first up run and you see two point three first section, slow up between the eight and the four of one point six length. 
nice little finish, about half length below benchmark. <laughs> what you probably want to see, and the horse is tapering in the negative, right? Last 200 metres, losing about a length. And I go, mm, long break. They're still trying to work out how do you get this horse fit, right? Yep. And then the horse said, I'll show you how I get fit. Up to 1100 last start. First section, 2.5 above benchmark, increasing pace by 4.8 lengths. Between the 8 and the 400, tries to actually increase its speed, but it's matching at 2.6 above. That's a massive improvement on the first up run. What do you expect? You're going to expect a big blowout last 400. The horse lost all its energy over the last 200, lost about 5.8 lengths in conditioning. I go, that's perfect round off. You don't need to do anything else to train. And you reckon Damien Oliver's stupid? I don't think so. He doesn't just get on a $60 chance for nothing, right? <laughs> of course he's looking for a ride, but he'd probably be sitting there saying, well, it might be a long price horse, but it's got some ability because let's peel back its first campaign. Caulfield 1100, 1.7 above. Best of the day. But why not? Last campaign, second up, 1100, 0.8 above. And you can say stable, whatever you want, but I have an expectation this horse is going to break benchmark tomorrow. Now, I don't have an expectation that it's going to beat Behemoth, by the way, right? Yeah. But I have an expectation this horse could run third or fourth and make something a bit interesting because it's going to get the golden race shape. Well, there it is at $70, so one to consider the day before when uh, when assessing the race. Let, let's just have a quick look at the last race. Uh, for those taking Quaddy, we want to try and help you, of course, because that's what we promoted, but it's benchmark 64. The market says it's a raffle starting with IMB. <laughs> Can you give us any insight at all, Vince? <laughs> <laughs> it's right. Uh, yeah, they're it's a cool putting on a benchmark 64 in the last race. Yeah, true, true. I guess, I don't know, maybe they were looking at time for drinks. I'm yep. not sure. Well, I think I think the thinking is people will bet on anything in the last race. So, <laughs> so here's the thing with this particular horse. Unfortunately, from an IVR perspective, I've still made sure it's going to be marked in the top four. It's hard for me to say a lot in the one sense, and that is... The figure's 4.8 lengths below benchmark, ranked 35. The raw figure's 11.4. This is its goal win. Yeah, but then you look at the structure. How could you run time off that? You've gone Gawler 1,200 maiden where you've smashed him, but you've gone 5.8 below benchmark first section. It's gotten slower between the 8 and the 4 to 8 lengths below benchmark, so losing about 2.2 lengths of momentum between the 8 and the 400 metres. And then you finished off... With what you're entitled to do, nice and strong last 400 plus 2.5, all you can gauge is this. One thing's for sure, it's going to be nothing like that race, right? It's going to be nothing like that. This is going to be run with the spread in the field that's going to be run with speed. Yep. So if you get that far back, you're going to be 12, 13, you've got no hope. And therefore, the 3.4 odds for people that are looking at odds, that's a that's a false price, right? If they, if they run even speed, then this horse is going to be in the mix, like potentially tagging that field somewhere around six, seven lengths, and the chance will be there. Is the 1,050 a, a positive? Goodness me, how would you know? The, the Strathalbyn trial was solid. That's yep. all I can say. But me, from a business point of view, they're, they're watching, see, there's no way I can entertain backing that horse, and you need to be 20 to 1. Not because you're a 20 to 1 chance of winning. That's the price if you're really genuinely thinking about, I want to step in, because it's right now it looks like a bookmaker's trap. 
<laughs> certainly is. We might have to go wide in the quaddy, but I'll, we'll get some more insight yes. tomorrow. Uh, we, we can't uh, thank you enough for being part of Year Round Carnival. Uh, like I said, like I said, we're going to update it tomorrow morning, uh, looking at all races, uh, the the uh, first four, but we wanted to uh, bring in that extra race due to this last race being such a raffle. A couple of really good value opportunities there, uh, says Vince, and we'll break it down further tomorrow. Thanks for being part of Year Round Carnival.